This is the story of how I died. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and on tonight's episode, we are going to be recording a two-part story. We're going to be one episode, but a two-part story, reviewing The Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, which is the 2006 Series 2 finale of Doctor Who. So, who's on this with me tonight? None other than Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Hey, how's it going, man? I said that I was not going to mess up the introduction, and believe it or not, I didn't. So I'm going fantastic. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well, sir. What about you, Mr. Lee Shackelford? How go you? I am very well as well. I think I, I think I sound weird because I'm uh, I'm at my mother's house, and uh, uh, she, for some reason, she's not set up for podcasting. I don't get it. <laughs> Come on now. She makes her the only person living in America today who doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> Probably true. So yeah. so last week, we kind of took off a week, and I uh, found a lost episode, per se, that yeah. Lee, you and I recorded back on New Year's Day, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool, because it was 19 degrees where you were, in, yes. if I remember right, something like that. And five, where our friend Brett Herholz was. So, and what was it for you? Uh, 21, if I remember right. Cool. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting going back and listening to that and hearing, you know, us talk about the fact that we were talking about things right before Twice Upon a Time. So, I mean, this was the morning of Twice Upon a Time. And to me, that was just kind of really cool. Yeah. That's right. We hadn't seen it yet. No, we had not. We had not yeah. indeed. So, um, what have you guys been working on? Uh, anything interesting that you would like to talk about before we get started? <laughs> Either of you? Silence. Silence falls. Well, I'm, I'm directing a, uh, a tour group for my, uh, my alma mater, uh, UAB. And, uh, it's supposed to go out all over the state. A, uh, a show for young people about, um, called Taming the Bully Thing. Ah, cool. So, yeah, a very, very positive thing about uh, dealing with bully, bullies, in which we propose that, um, that that everybody has the potential to 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 do bully behavior, and that it's waiting inside you like the Incredible Hulk. So we talk about the Hulk a lot in this show. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, seriously. So I'm I'm counting on uh, kindergartners and first graders to be well familiar with the Hulk. You think that's fair? You think that's uh, yeah? Uh, just just as long as you don't have kindergartners running around going smash. Well, that may be what it inspires them to do, but it's always an experiment. <laughs> Clarence, what about you? Anything interesting going on with you? Oh, nothing much, man. Just the same old, same old. Colvains, Colvains. You guys did go to another. Did go to a convention though? Since we talked last. Yeah, yeah, we did went to um the Golden Triangle Comic Con in Columbus, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, interesting weekend. Um I think well, I personally had two highlights. Uh Clarence and I got to meet the gentleman behind the voice of um Black Panther in Marvel's animated Avengers cartoon. And as I was uh leaving, uh, you know, I got a very cool Walking Dead action figure. So that was really, really cool. That was kind of like the, the highlight of my trip, to be brutally honest with you. So yeah, it was a, it was a cool trip. Wouldn't you say, Clarence? Yeah. Yeah. Fun times, man. Cobain. 
All right, so uh, if unless you guys have anything else, I say let's get into the news. What about that? Dive in. All right, so Lee, you shared something with us that I uh, found quite interesting. We've got an entirely new creative team joining Series 11. This is from writers to directors, pretty much the whole kit and caboodle. What, what were your thoughts? Um, it is it is a clean sweep. They they have definitely um, the closing titles and indeed the opening titles of Doctor Who are um, not going to have any names that we know. I don't think uh, mm-hmm. um, there, there will probably be directors who will return, but the emphasis is on diversity. And you know, um, African American or I guess um, African descended directors in Great Britain have always been underrepresented. Women are underrepresented. Uh, just as they are here, although not to quite such a degree as they are here. But uh, Chris Chibnall is uh, making a making a, a statement here by saying, "Let's even the odds out." So there are. Uh, it, it's just it's just uh, a lot of people who um, you might not see in other mainstream shows working on other mainstream shows, and here they are. So we know we're going to get new music. We know we have a new title design because we're now seeing it everywhere. Um, new Doctor. It's a, it's new Doctor Who. So do we think this is good that we're not seeing some of these same writers, some of these same people that we've seen before? Or what do we think? I guess the only continuity to earlier episodes of New Who is Chris Tribble. <laughs> but um I, I'm all for it. I, I'm I'm just eager to see what a sort of total reboot is going to do for the creative direction of the show. What, what do you guys think? I don't, I don't know, Liam. Maybe you can enlighten me. Does Chibnall or would Chibnall come up with an overview of what he wants the season to look like and then he hands it off to these writers? Or are these stories pretty much going to be independent um, creations of these these writers? That's a great question, and the answer is that it will be up to him hmm. um, to decide which he wants to do. I would imagine that if there is not an overarching theme, like um, you know, like the, the Bad Wolf or Vote Saxon or something like that, but just a, a, a tone or an idea that he wants to explore this year, then that's certainly something he would task these writers with. He would say, you know, we, we want stories that are, you know that are going to explore this idea, or I just want you to understand these, these 10 stories need to uh, form a, a larger picture that is about X, you know, it may be as little, maybe as little as that. Well, are we assuming Chibnall is writing the rest of them. Sorry, Cal. No, no, no. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, what I was going to say is considering the fact that we've seen broad church and, you know, there, there were several things going on in broad church outside of the main story, but it all centered around that mystery of who did it each, you know, whatever that particular season's uh-huh. main art was. So I really know how much I enjoyed broad church and I really, in some degree, hope he does the same. And no offense to the writer that I'm about to mention, but I am so glad not to see an episode written by Mark Gatiss. Because so, I'm sorry, some of Mark Gatiss's stories I found not very interesting. So I'm happy that yeah. there is new breath. There's new something. You know, it's right. it's not the same thing over again. And and there were some of Mark Gatiss's characters and stories I really really liked. And I'm uh-huh. picking on him si- simply because 
I, he was the first writer that came to my head. You know, <laughs> well, I could say the same thing about Moffat for that matter. I was going to say, let's, let's not, uh, and, and um, you know, uh, the, the other show that they're doing simultaneously is uh, BBC Sherlock, some of which I thought was completely brilliant. And then some of it, I just came away saying, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, they're, they are both capable of, um, uh, uh, skidding off the rails sometimes, and uh, yeah, it's just it, it, it'll just be interesting to 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 see what a new a, a wholly new team is going to do. It's uh, so I, I I find it all really exciting. I, I just I can't can't wait. Yeah. Well, the the next story or the next piece of news is from our friends at BlockterWho dot com, and it's about the class audio drama. It is now out. It is now available. And according to their synopsis, it says that Big Finish has released New Adventures for Class, the Doctor Who young adult spinoff created by Patrick Ness. Two volumes feature brand new audio adventures with the original cast. We're, we're going to share the link to the Big Finish yeah. uh, announcement on from Blogger Who. But uh, it is the cast that we know from Big Finish and uh, from Big Finish from the TV uh, series class that we saw one season of. Uh, so it is all of them, plus Sophie Aldred, presumably as Ace. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, no, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I, and I was going to say yes, 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 yes to this because, you know, uh, maybe we can see how that story continues uh, with the with the Weeping Angels. And I really loved class. I thought it was, you know, we've talked about the time sliding and the, the, the disconnect with how it was released over in America versus released in the U.K., and I find myself more excited about this than I've been about any of the other big finish things. Mm. And, and, and I don't know if it's only because I think this feels more like a continuation mm-hmm. rather than filling in the gaps, maybe, or filling in stories to try to add on. But this kind of seems like a continuation to me. That's kind of why I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So there is something that they say in this synopsis that they have on there that is kind of making me curious. And what it basically says is it does verify that Sophie Allred is playing Ace, and it's referring to her as the seventh Doctor's companion who attends class in the last episode of one of the volumes. I'm not going to say which one. Spoilers. Uh Okay. But my question and my wonder is, I assume she would be a teacher. But since Mm -hmm. this is not visual... Right. It could be so. Uh, it could be Ace as a teenager. Sure. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah. Very very yeah. interesting. Why not? Well, well. Let me ask the uh, historians here. Um, does Ace end up in her own time at the end of her run? Hmm. Uh, they walk off into the distance uh, 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 in the last episode of the of the original uh, of Classic Who. So. You know, who knows? Yeah. Hmm. That's right. Expression. Yeah. Because um, when he was traveling alone, when we saw him again in 96, right? Mm-hmm, right. That's right. Hmm. So, so we, we really don't know unless you, you, unless, um, um, big finish is canon because there were other, um, ace related, uh, she's been in other uh, big finish stories, I should say. Ah. So, hmm. but, yeah, but you know, she was always played as being, um, you know, um, high school, college age. So hmm. there you go. 
All right, so guys, help me out here and and tell me I didn't dream this, but didn't we have a discussion on a previous episode about Tom Baker's um, DVD box set, and they were referring to it as season one in the U.S. or yes, okay, so I I, I do remember this right. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Digital Spy is say is has stated that the next classic Doctor Who box set to be released will be what they are referring to as season 19, which is Peter mm. Davidson's first s- season as the fifth doctor. Wow. Okay. Um cool. Yeah. But Interesting wh- choice, maybe. Why not why not the next year of the fourth doctor? And yeah, but, but maybe they're just doing first years, maybe. If this is his first year, they started with yeah. the fourth and then they're, they're going mm-hmm. with his. Cause it, it goes on to add that, uh, it's including seven stories from 1982, Castro mm-hmm. Valva, Four mm-hmm. to Doomsday, and one that I've never figured out the pronunciation. So Lee, you might can help me here. Is it Kenda or Kinda? It is Kinda. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they say it repeatedly in the show. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, maybe I just haven't seen it. Kinda. Yeah. All right. And is this, is this the UK release? Yes. So presumably you're saying maybe they'll bring this over to America as a season one for Peter Davison or, or that's we, my curiosity. Yes. Well, well, yeah. Oh, that's it. what I want to know. Will they also call that season one? Hmm. Hmm. Is right. Time will and tell. They, <laughs> if they're branding the Tom Baker's as season one, they can't call this season two. I don't, anyway, it's, I don't know what they're doing. It's season one, one, maybe that. Right. Yes. Yeah, season. <laughs> I, w- I will admit, though, from a newcomer's point of view, it could clear up some of the confusion. Uh, if you know what order the doctors fall in, you don't really have to remember uh, a 19th season or whatever. You can just say, oh, I'll go to the start of Peter Davison, right. season one. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it makes it simpler for the uh, unindoctrinated, I guess. <laughs> oh, good pun. But, yeah, but it should be called 4.1 for the Tom Bakers and then start the Peter Davison's as 5.1. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. <laughs> well, I hope they don't bring it to the U.S. as season 19, because if I were a new fan and knew nothing mm. about Doctor Who, I would think that there were seasons one through 18 of Tom Baker. And then right. here comes Peter Davidson with the new Doctor Who logo, but it's white. So interesting. Yeah. Very, yeah. very interesting. Confusion. Yes. But someone, speaking of confusion, uh, I mean, we are like in sync, all three of us tonight. This is cool because we were confused last time about Fear Her, not only because it was bad, but because of when the Olympic decision was made. And we mentioned that and wondering about that. So our friend Dave Cooper sent this, sent us this message on Twitter and he says, Fear Her was filmed during late January and early February 2006. The 2012 Olympic decision was not made until the 6th of July, or it was made 6th of July 2005 after a four-round ballot. Moscow, New York, New York City, um, Madrid was eliminated in the first three rounds. London won the final round by a margin of four votes over Paris. So basically, I guess they had made that decision. So I was wrong in my uh, assumption that they hadn't. It seems like a terrible gamble if they hadn't made that decision. Already, but <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, 
So, but but it does get us back to what Clarence was saying in the first place was that the the episode is pretty transparently a big commercial for yeah. you know co- come to London for the Olympics. So uh, it makes sense that they would have done that because the announcement had made. Yeah. Uh, but or maybe somebody on the production staff of Doctor Who was trying to get some brownie points with the BBC. Well, sure. So, guys, anything else before newsworthy before we move on to our review? Not that I've got. All righty. All right. Well, if for anyone listening, if you have not seen The Army of Ghosts, if you have not seen Doomsday, put us on pause because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 I propose an institute. I would call it Torchwood. This is Captain Zachary Crossflane of Sanctuary Base 6, representing the Torchwood Archive. The Torchwood Institute. And if this doctor should return, then he should beware, because Torchwood will be waiting. This is the story of war on Earth. The valiant child who will die in battle so very soon. Woke up one morning and there they all were. Ghosts everywhere. I'd like to welcome you, Doctor. Welcome to Torchwood. And that's when it all ended. This is the last story I'll ever tell. Send that thing back into hell. I'm the enemy. Does that mean I'm a prisoner? Oh, yes. Oi, where are you taking that? If it's alien, it's ours. You can't stop us, Doctor. It's worlds colliding with another. Positions! Who are they? Cybermen. <laughs> Damn it! The Doctor lording it over us, assuming alien authority over the rights of man. Too many ghosts. Yvonne, for God's sake, the sphere is active. Rose is down there. Damn it! Damn it! They're invading the whole planet. So, guys, here's how I thought we would do this. With the spoiler warning has gone out. So why don't we – I know we're doing it as one episode, but let's do a part one, Army of Ghosts, go through that story, and then we'll do part two as Doomsday. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the Army of Ghosts, it is the 12th episode of the 2006 series of Doctor Who. It was first broadcast on the 1st of July, 2006. It is part one of a two-part story, concluding with Doomsday. It stars David Tennant as the 10th Doctor and begins the departure story for Billy Piper's Rose Tyler. It had an appreciation index of 86, which was well above the average of 77, the usual for drama series. So guys, before we dive into the story itself, what are your overall thoughts of part one of this story? And Lee, why don't you take that one first? I just, uh, I've always loved this two-parter and watching it again, I just thought uh, part one was uh, uh, gripping and and fascinating. It has a lot of twists and turns in it. And we meet a lot of new people and uh, get to see a lot of um, uh, of our favorites from earlier in the series. Uh, including one, uh, at least one, that I think most of us thought, no way. <laughs> so, you know, it's just the, the surprises keep coming. Um, I don't know. It's just I just think it's terrific. Okay, Clarence, what about you? I'll echo everything Lee said, in addition to adding um, 
I thought the mystery was really compelling. Um, the idea of these ghosts, um, I thought that was pretty interesting and kept me kind of glued. Uh, though some of it was, it was a bit zany. I really enjoyed this, uh, first of the two parter. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into it. I, I loved it. What about you, man? Yeah, for me, you know, we've, we've often stated when we're doing a two part story that a lot of times the first part of part one of two, isn't that good, you know, because all it does right. is set up everything that's going to happen right. in part two. I mean, we said that with, um, you know, world enough in time, world enough in time as it led into, you know, the doctor falls. This one, on the other hand, just really stood its own ground as its own episode. So yeah, I loved it, Clarence. I mean, exactly what you said. I mean, I agree with both of you. It was very strong. It was very good. And it started off really, really well. Um, and what I mean by that is one of my favorite opening scenes or one of my favorite quotes from New Who is that opening scene. And we hear Rose Tyler and she's narrating planet Earth. This is where I was born and this is where I died. And she goes on and continues talking and she says, then came Torchwood and the war. This is how it all ended. This is the story of how I died. So that whole beginning, you know, we we have that happy end with the doctor and Rose at the end of Fear Her. And she's saying, I'm going to be with you forever. And we immediately are confronted with this is the story of how I died. So, Clarence, I'm going to let you take this one. What are your thoughts on the opening that that montage and her speech there? Hmm. Uh, very heartfelt and gripping. I mean, just her words alone kind of put you in a state of mind like I really need to see how this unfolds. And of course, you know, we've been with Rose two seasons now and to hear her utter the words, uh, this is how I die, um, is, is very gripping. <laughs> and I mean, not only that, uh, they showed the clip of, of her and the doctor and, you know, like you m- mentioned a second ago, She's saying, uh, well, he's saying, how long will you be with me? And she says forever. And yeah, that along with those words at the beginning man, kind of kind of set you up to be very invested in this episode. Agreed. Agreed. What about you, Lee? Uh, you know what I think I appreciated most about that, especially this time, was the was the visual. Uh, I, I loved, uh, of course, seeing uh, Christopher Eccleston's doctor take her hand and, and say, run. Um, but that, that, uh, that shot of her before she's met the doctor, presumably, um, kind of going to work and eating chips and uh, you, you get the feeling sort of existing. She's not, she's not living. She's, she's just existing. And, uh, we, we feel her, we understand that she's, she's saying, this is what my life used to be like. And then I met the doctor. It's, it's really, that's, it, it's very poignant. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, and, and Lee, correct me if I'm wrong here, but in Classic Who, with the exception most notably of Elizabeth Sladen, most companions' exit weren't really publicized or they didn't make that big of an impact. But with Rose, for, and it seemed like it's been like that since Rose with New Who, mm-hmm. when a companion leaves, it's just almost as notable as it is as a doctor leaving, is it not? Mm-hmm. 
And, and I know that uh, the show is uh, the showrunners are, are kind of uh, hungry to create buzz, so that you, you, it's it's the big one of the big news stories. So you you gotta you gotta talk about that. You know, we're having we're having an exodus of <laughs> of a major character. Everybody, pay attention. Yeah, it's, it's certainly different times. Uh, even if they wanted to keep it quiet, it might be next to impossible. Mm. And, and even thinking of classic, thinking of when companions left. As an American watcher, you were probably watching it, you know, months delayed or years delayed anyway. So it, it probably didn't have or wouldn't have the same effect, even even if it was announced in the UK back in the day, because, you know, there's the, just the delay in watching times. Uh, but, yeah, they 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 certainly uh, seem to drum it up these days. True, 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 true. So my question next is going to be about Rose herself. You guys both referenced and I, th- I guess I did, too, the scenes of you know, past with Rose and the doctor. So we've been since the beginning of this year, we've gone back to the beginning with Rose, the 2005 series episode one. And now we're at the conclusion of the 2006 series with episode number 12 and 13. So anyone listening, by the way, you can go back to an episode 90. If you're new to the show, that will be where we start with Rose is episode number 90. So feel free to check that out, of course, and hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy. But um, my question for you two guys is, how would you say Rose has changed during her time with the Doctor? Mm. We got to talk about this episode and not the one coming up. Or we can, <laughs> or we can hold, we can hold that till later if you want to. Yeah, because because the, the the second part of the two parter has one of the great Rose moments of all time, and and I think its purpose in her last episode, spoiler, is <laughs> is to to mark the beginning and the end of her her personal journey. Okay, well I will I will just you guys remind me to go back to this, but I want to comment then on something that Jackie says, mm. and it's a comment that's in this episode that she says, and she specifically asks. Uh, Rose, who is this woman in 10 years time? And mm-hmm. basically after, you know, if something were to happen to Jackie, why would you even come home? Would you, or would you be some alien person for all intents and purposes walking millions of miles away on some alien planet and never return to planet earth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I know we talked about this before, but I mean, you got to take it back to the concept of a young person being swept off their feet and going to travel the world with someone and, and, and certainly going out and having fun and seeing new sights and new adventures, seeing things they never thought they would see in their life. And, and you're just different when you come back home. Um, and you know, even you think about how hard it would be to readjust. And I, I definitely think that's kind of what they're playing on here. And, you know, Rose has been through a lot in these two seasons, uh, seen a couple of faces there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it would, it would be hard to readjust and go back to normal life. Agreed. So what did you guys think of, you know, this episode is entitled Army of Ghosts. And so we see at the very, very beginning, we see the doctor and we see Rose. They're coming home. They come to see Jackie. And the thing that really got me with him and her coming through the door was, golly, their relationship between Rose, I mean, between Jackie and the doctor has changed since that first episode. 
<laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Hmm. How so? Well, well, the, she gives him a big kiss. Yes, uh, and she's uh, basically, but 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 it's platonic. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not. Uh, I'm in me ninety, but yeah, yeah. But 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 she but she hit the ninth doctor, and um, I, I I had never really thought about how different those two things are until seeing Camille Corduri at uh, Gallifrey, and she was talking about yeah. how she got on with those two actors, and she said, you know, she got to hit one and kiss the other one. And it was the ones she would have wanted it that way. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still kind of feel like the doctor just puts up with her to a certain extent, though. I think that kind of changes by the end of this episode. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say put up. Maybe that's a bad way to say it. No. He, he, he still keeps his distance a little from her. Um, not to say that he doesn't like her or doesn't respect her, but you know, some things about her it just kind of makes him squirm. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to take it one step further, Clarence. I think you're right, but I think he did. You said it right. He put up with her. The first doctor couldn't stand her, basically. This doctor, I think, put up with her and tolerated her. But yes, I do agree that his opinion did begin to change and ultimately changed of her. Maybe somebody will listen and fill in the gaps here, or or maybe one of you uh, can, but... um... There is an episode where it looks like Rose is lost. Um, and, of course, that happens again and again. That's why I can't remember which one it is. But the doctor says to whoever else is there, I have to bring her back. I promised Jackie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking when, when we were watching it this time around, I thought, well, that's new. Hmm. Is that the one with the Satan pit and the impossible planet? Maybe so. Yeah. That's what popped into my head when you said that. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah maybe so. But uh, or, or I think he says I promised her mother, but uh, in, in any case, it's still that that's really important. That's So, you know, I want to talk about the ghost for a minute. So, when you guys were originally watching this, whatever year it was, you know, and you know, we've said before at first we didn't get to legally see this as quickly as we do now with the same day airings. But when we watched this episode originally, did we think these were ghosts or aliens or did we know from the beginning what they really were going to turn out to be? I don't remember if, if, if I knew this was a really clever way of getting to the Cyberman. I, I, my recollection is that I didn't know what was going on, that they had managed to, to keep that a secret. What about uh, you, Clarence? Do you yeah, remember? Neither, neither did I. No. Yeah. And, and I don't think I did either because I remember, you know, sitting from – I don't remember exactly what I felt or was thinking, but I do remember sitting in front of the computer watching it and being surprised twice. And, yeah. you know, so maybe that means that, yes, I didn't know that they they were ghosts, didn't have an idea of, of what they are, which is cool from the perspective of nowadays, we would have seen that in the next time trailer. You know, you wouldn't have uh, been able to have hidden what was coming there. Right. Yeah. And, and, and thinking of the idea of the ghost uh, specifically, I, I like how just think of something like this were to happen to us today. And I, I like how in two months time, I think they said they've went from probably very much freaking out at the beginning of this process <laughs> to now, Oh, it's, it's my uncle or my grandpa, uh, Prentice or what? Yeah. Grandpa Prentice. Let's, let's go hang out with him for two minutes. So it's just something how humans can like adapt to that and be okay with something that is so freakish on one end of the spectrum. Maybe it goes into Lee's need for an explanation. You're happy 
with anything as long as you give me an explanation. It can be a bad explanation, but, mm-hmm. ju- but just yeah. give me an explanation. Just give me an explanation. But I, I do, it struck me in 2006, and I felt the same way this time, that that, that rings true. That I feel like if, if people started seeing shadowy, shimmering figures, that we would immediately project onto them whoever it is that we wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and I love that the doctor said that whoever's doing this, they're, that's part of the plan. They're, they're using that to help bridge the gap and bring them over to the other side. Uh, mm. Because no matter who we are, no matter how old we are, there mm. everybody has somebody that they wish that they could spend X minutes, X seconds, X days with again. You know, oh, yeah. everybody has that. Mm-hmm. And so you're really tapping into a basic human need, which I think, and I'm going to say cool, but, yeah. but, but, but was cool that they did that from a storyline perspective. Right. It's, it's, it's genius, but it's evil genius, but it is still genius. So let's kind of switch just a little bit on the ghost here. I forgot how many gags and references there were to pop culture in these first two series, <laughs> because we've seen Star Trek over and over. We've seen, mm-hmm. you know, other references. Now we see Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> oh, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was freaking hilarious. And even the, the device he brought out looked like uh, the, the trap thing yeah, for Ghostbusters as well. Right. Yeah. Proton pack on his back. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty freaking great. It's funny. And and he is uh, he has not just three D glasses for to begin with. We have no idea why he's wearing three D glasses, and it's one of the things I love. I love that the uh, for a long time the the only uh, tenth Doctor action figure you could get he had the three T- D glasses on. It's like yeah. that that's the Doctor. Um, yeah. But they're, but they're three D glasses from the fifties, you know. So I- <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I have to admit, like watching, I, I didn't quite remember how it played out. I'm like. What in the world right. are these glasses? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an iconic look, but what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten, uh, you know, and even what was really interesting with there, uh, Lee, there was a gentleman that was dressed up as the 10th doctor at the, uh, convention that we were at the other day who was handing out the goggles and I knew the 10th doctor wore them. At, at one point, I had forgotten mm-hmm. why. And then I get home and this, you know, Sunday mm-hmm. and I'm watching this and I'm like, Oh, oh, that's where, this one. yeah. Um, and another, well, I, go ahead. Um, well, no, I, I think, um, we probably need to go wherever you were going. <laughs> I was about to change the subject. Well, where I was going to go is with the, um, trying to catch the ghost, so to speak, we see that, of course, they do catch the ghost, but there's some music in the background that was playing, and I had never noticed this before, or if I had noticed it, I had forgotten, but the music that they were playing in the background goes on to become the torch or the base for the Torchwood TV show theme, which yeah, I thought was and really then, cool. And then we hear the Torchwood theme through the rest of the episode, yeah. Yeah, wow. that, re- that really struck me this time. Yeah, I love it. So I want to know what you guys think about Torch, meaning the Torchwood Institute, because unlike UNIT, you know, they take the doctor prisoner and have no problem saying, yes, you're our prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an alien. So what do you guys think of this or what I call the original 
version of Torchwood. And Clarence, I'll let you take that first. Uh, mm, most of the enemy, it just feels like Unit 2.0. Uh, personally, but I do like, uh, maybe for fans of the, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, they do something similar in Torchwood where they collect alien artifacts and, um, and mine them for their value. So I thought that was pretty cool seeing them do that, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like they should be a mostly good, um, um, group, government group, but, they seem like to turn turn out a little bit uh, shady on some points, which I don't quite understand. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I'm agreeing. I didn't really think them as much as being a good group. I mostly saw them as anti-unit. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were basically, if you're alien, we're going to use you. Lee, what, what about you? What did you think? Mm. Well, um we have to go back to uh, Tooth and Claw, that when we saw the Torchwood Institute being founded, um, I mean, it, it, its charter was to keep people like the doctor away. In fact, from Victoria's point of view, particularly him, um, or at best to, to get this technology and make sure that it's used for us, meaning um, Great Britain. And we once we had seen um, Harriet Jones use that power to terrifying destructive force. All we've known about Torchwood so far is that um, these are, they're completely opportunistic and they are, and it's about defending the earth from aliens, including the doctor if need be. So I, I thought this was the logical outgrowth of that. And I, yeah. I really like that aspect of the story actually that, um, and getting to go inside the Torchwood tower and see all the things that are going on there. This is what I started to say a minute ago. Part of why this is such a great part one of a two-parter is because of the multiple mysteries going on. And one of them is what exactly is Torchwood up yeah. to? Uh, and then and they have the sphere, which is acting like a, a plot line of its own. And what is what in the world is going on with that thing? And then uh, we have Torchwood employees who are apparently getting cyberized in some way. And we're wondering what what's going on with that. Because that apparently isn't part of the plan at Torchwood. Yeah. So that's three storylines going on just at Torchwood. And then the doctor's got his 3D glasses, and he can clearly see something that we can't see. Yeah. And in part one, we're not told what it is. And then, out of nowhere, Mickey! <laughs> yeah, that was so, awesome. So it's like five things that what we're going, wait, what is going on here? It's just... And the, the mysteries just keep piling up and piling up. And I, I, it's it's great. It's a great screenplay, really. Hmm. Yeah. When, when uh, real quick, Kyle, sorry. Uh, but 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 when you speak of Torchwood, it seems like if I'm remembering the show correctly, and it's been years and years since I've seen the show. So hmm. maybe I'm just totally off. But it seems like the charter of the show was a little bit different because um, yes. it seems like the show was more being tolerant of aliens being on earth and if they step out of line we're gonna you know step in yeah whereas it seems go ahead uh, I, the way i'm remembering it is that jack is the one who makes that change ah okay okay huh although I, I haven't seen them in a long time either so maybe somebody will write in and say no 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 here's what happened i'll do you one better <laughs> okay. i'll do you one better you, you both of you are correct yes they were more tolerant yes they would step in if needed and yes it was jack who changed that because Torchwood starts up, Torchwood, the, the series, spoilers, starts up after the fall of the Torchwood Institute. This is yeah. the fall of the Torchwood Institute. Yeah, well, what's in Cardiff is the, is the remnant. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. So this is literally because I remember when they announced it, that Jack would be starring in Torchwood. My first thought was, why is Jack working for Torchwood? Because they would be, you know, he would be their prisoner too for the, for, for all yeah. intents and purposes. Yeah. So, so that's it. He, he is that Torchwood is after this Torchwood. Right. Yeah. And that makes it logical. Yeah. So, so speaking of another employee of Torchwood, <laughs> what did we think of seeing someone we would come to know later as Adiola? Uh, yeah, uh, Oshadi. Yeah. Was that what they oh. called her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's her name, Adiola Oshadi. And we, we didn't, you know, we didn't think anything of it at the time. Hmm. Right? It's just, you know, another pretty girl. The, the show is full of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, it, but, but what happens to her was, was certainly very interesting. But yeah, I certainly never expected to see her again. So, so I have a, I have a query or a question for the two of you. I wonder if this was quote unquote, her audition. That's when I was watching it. I was watching it with that eye. I was thinking, what is it that is selling us here? If I was, you know, showrunners, I was thinking, you know, we need to bring that that young lady back. And uh, and I wasn't buying it at first, but once she's under the control of her her earbuds, um, she she her, her, the the range of things that that Freema does in the episode is actually pretty impressive. So. Yeah, uh, I thought yeah, this could be this really could be her audition here. It's 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 pretty impressive. What about you, yeah, Clarence? Yeah, and though I think the role she played was pretty mundane or not that interesting, I think she made it just interesting enough mm-hmm. to kind of be intrigued. Uh, and we get the little bit of playfulness in the chat and things like that. So yeah, it, it you know it's different us uh, seeing it now. We're not going to have the same reaction we had before, but. But it's interesting watching her in this role and in very much a, I'm not going to say sinister, but wow, she was leading people to the, mm-hmm. to That's the, sinister. The, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of shocked and impressed at the same time and her eventual demise with the, uh, you know, the doctor makes a statement. They're already dead. Um, you know, that was, it was kind of shocking to see that again. Like, oh. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, and kind of gross at the same time. Well, yeah, and then Yvonne is the one who pulls the earbud out, and yeah, <laughs> there's a string of material that comes out with it. Oh, wow! Yeah. And, and guys, I couldn't help but think about the whole earbud things themselves with the you know pulling the pulling the thing out, and I was like, okay, that's gross. But then thinking. Those things were so cool back in 2006. Yeah. And who yeah. wears them now for that matter? Not, not a yeah. lot of people. No. And, and, and I'll just add, like, it, it is always ultra creepy and sad when the doctor utter, utters those words, they're already dead. And when I remember doing it last time was in the, what's the, the, the lantern episode? Idiot's uh, Lantern. Yeah. yeah. Idiot's it, it, it Lantern. Is that it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Idiot's Lantern. Um, I'm not sure that's the right one. It was like the second episode of the series, oh, season one. Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Um, uh, the Unquiet Dead. Yes, no, that was the yes, third yes. one. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. But, yeah, but, he, dead, yeah. yeah, he utters those same, same words and it's just creepy whenever he says that. Like, ugh, yeah. shivers. <laughs> so I want to go back 
and and talk about something that's not creepy, but that was actually kind of funny. And it goes into what we were saying about his relationship, his being the doctor and Jackie's relationship changing is when he reaches into the TARDIS to pull Rose out and he pulls Rose after looking into the time vortex and aging 50 years. Yes. So what did you guys think of that whole interaction? And do you think that that gave Jackie a new perception or appreciation for the doctor Hmm. or or vice versa that him having an appreciation for her? Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I just think I I give the doctor uh, due for (laughs) being on his feet and, Knowing, okay, if they're going to capture me, I want the second smartest person on the planet, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, creeping around and investigating. And he makes the quick decision to pull Jackie out rather than Rose. And, you know, Jackie got to go along for the adventure, but it was a very smart decision into giving giving Rose a bit of time to to snoop around and, and pry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just what I was thinking. And it is part of that big story of Rose is that this shows him. If he keeps Jackie with him, he can protect Jackie, at least he thinks. And so he's leaving Rose behind because he trusts her to be the doctor in his own absence. But I just think that's fantastic. Hmm. Yes. Good one. Good one. So we do see that she does snoop around. She does go and look uh, and be snoopy and try to find out what's going on. And she comes up and sees, she comes up and sees Mickey Smith. But, oh, well, before that, I, I wonder if you noticed one of the things that Torchwood has in that uh, uh, warehouse where they, they put the TARDIS is a giant uh, Egyptian sarcophagus. Yes. Did you notice that? And it is the sarcophagus from Pyramids of Mars, um, which those of us who remember that fourth Doctor adventure, it is a interdimensional gateway. So, of course, Torchwood has it. <laughs> but it was just fun to see it again. <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, then then eventually we will also see Mickey. So we see Mickey and we're in that sphere, or, or we're seeing the sphere that everyone's afraid to look at, creeps out uh, to even see it. Is this the other thing that, that you didn't think was what was going to be on the other side of the sphere? Or did you expect it to be Cyberman? Yeah, I didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. I was totally surprised by it being a, um, by, by it being the Daleks. I mean, totally, totally, um, surprised. And the other cool thing from a, hist- from a historical point was when they were breaking through the, um, um, uh, plastic. You know, there are several breaking through plastic yes. from, um, Tomb of the Cybermen with the Second Doctor and there was That's other, right. other stories that had that. So. Yeah. That's right. That's how that's how Cybermen are introduced. They're, they got to be cutting their way through gotta something cut like through that. Cut through some plastic. Yeah. All right. So, guys, is there anything else from Army of Ghosts before we are ready to move into part two, which is Doomsday? In Army of Ghosts, the, the, is the first time we see um, uh, newscasters and other BBC personalities um, uh, talking about the ghosts. And uh, they mention that the ghosts are all over the world. And we see them out on the, the, the reflecting pool at the Taj Mahal. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I love that that shot of the Taj Mahal as a effects background played is used over and over again. So one of the things we learned in this episode is that Taj Mahal equals all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God. And um, 
was it this episode or was it no it would have to have been this episode where they're doing this uh sort of like sally jesse Raphael or you know one of those morning talk shows where it's yes. i'm in love with a ghost well, i guess yes i don't care what anybody says i'm in love with a ghost yeah and and i'll just add uh jackie being in the tardis uh, she, she, she makes the statement <laughs> If I end up on Mars, I'm going to kill you, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that old Jackie. Yep. I was kidnapped. <laughs> oh, yeah. And to say that she was kidnapped. Exactly. Right. Oh, boy. All right. So, guys, let's get into Doomsday, which is part two of this story. That's not Cyberman. Oh, my God. Exterminate! Exterminate! <laughs> You're on every street. You're in their homes. You've got their children. Of course they're going to fight. This is your fault. You and your Torchwood. This planet is starting to boil. Keep going and both worlds will fall into the void. You didn't need to kill him. Neither did we need him alive. Together, we could upgrade the universe. I made my choice a long time ago and I'm never going to leave you. And just a few facts about Doomsday. It is the 13th episode of the 2006 series. It starred David Tennant as the 10th Doctor, Billy Piper as Rose Tyler, Camille Kaduri as Jackie Tyler, Noelle Clark as Mickey Smith, and Sean Dingwall as Pete Tyler. Notable should also be said for Nicholas Briggs as the voice of both the Cybermen and the Daleks. So let's continue on. <laughs> yes. And one of the best things about this episode, now and for always, and I know uh, every young person I know who is a fan of Doctor Who loves to quote this episode because the showdown, the verbal showdown between the Daleks and the Cyclops. Oh, my God. I think God. Is, a, is an unforgettable. And it's fun that it's Nicholas Briggs in an argument with Nicholas Briggs. Yes. But uh, yeah, right. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> all of those voices. But – but it is, and you see, I, I miss this. I wish that the, that level of wit and sarcasm was consistent when we see the Daleks and the Cybermen. I'd be a much bigger fan of the Daleks if they were that acrid. But yeah, you know, you you are better at one thing. You're better at dying. Yes, that was wouldn't, so that, great. wouldn't that be great? That was yes. so great. But, uh, oh my they, god, you know, it's exterminate. Uh, Whatever. Love that that line right there. Oh my god. <laughs> And, and of course, he's right. <laughs> but yeah. No, no, no. I got one. That was good. But what I loved was this is not war. This is pest control. Pest control. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the Cybermen <laughs> actually offering a bargain, which I thought mm -hmm. was just totally out of character. Um, has that ever happened before? I was just kind of shocked that they would, you know, they have five million uh, Cybermen on the planet against four Daleks. Yeah. And they're trying to compromise? Really? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> but I guess they were the original Borg. You know, they were the Borg before the Borg were the Borg. Uh, so maybe there's always this opportunistic, you know, uh, come on board. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make Cybermen of you. You'll love it. 
Mm. Might be an improvement from the Dalai point of view. <laughs> Except that they're all about racial purity. So, then, you know, saying becoming somebody else, not a chance. No. no exactly. No. Yeah. But this is, this is the whole uh, sequence that I wanted to talk about before when we were talking about Rose. Is that the first thing in the episode is the appearance of scary Daleks. And Rose immediately goes to one of them, looks him right in the eye and says, yes. Daleks. And she's not scared. She's doing exactly what the doctor always does. And I and I just remember this time, it just sort of flooded over me. I thought, this is the end of the big, long story for Rose. Yeah. She is completely in control of herself, in control of the situation. She is not afraid. She knows exactly what to do. She can do anything. She can do anything. Which, you know, nowadays we kind of shun the companion having the bravado of the doctor, but Rose does it here in, in, yeah. in, in space and it's awesome. You know, we mentioned Freema auditioning for a companion. I think Rose is auditioning for doctor right here. She, <laughs> That's she, right. Is, yeah. she is showing out. She surely is. Well, I mean, she is. Yeah. Cause I mean, she, you know, it's what you guys are saying. She goes up and she says, you know, that the, you know, she says, I met the emperor and they say the emperor survived. And she says, I met the emperor and I turned him into dust. Yeah. And, yes. they, and they kind of back up the way they always do when somebody mentions the doctors. <laughs> yes. She's got him. And, and you know, as much as she is being the doctor, I guess at this point, Mickey is the companion at this point because he's no longer. And this is what I loved about his arc. He starts out as weeping and crying and holding on to dear life to her leg, like, mm -hmm. please protect me. And yeah. he's standing toe to toe with her, you know, and you're ready to kick ass, basically, mm -hmm. just like the best of them. I, I mean, for character growth, I mean, kudos, Mickey. Exactly. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Mickey. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what the doctor calls him. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Yeah. And she says, you know, it's great to see you again. And he just sort of glances at her and says, yeah, you too. Yes. And, uh, and I love not, that. He's, he's not hanging onto her leg anymore. It's great. Yep. And I mean, totally, totally. And, and he even makes a comment about, uh, something about her heart raised changes or something. And he makes some snide or not, not snide, but just some kind of offhand remark like, oh, yeah, it probably would or something like that. Mm -hmm. Which is the second best, uh, little, um, uh, off center frame moment for Noel Clark when, uh, uh later on when, uh, Jackie says to, to Pete, there was never anybody but him. <laughs> you just, you just gonna see Mickey's face back there in the next shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I'll just keep my mouth shut here. <laughs> I always love that. So this story was historic in the sense of what we're talking about because this was the, oh, well, well let me ask it this way. Is this the first episode that the Daleks and the Cyberman, or Cybermen, excuse me, have appeared in together? Well, five doctors. Correct. And there are others other than yeah. this, but it is the first interaction between yeah. the, the Daleks and the Cyberman. I believe so. Because I, I was reading, uh, thanks to Wikipedia, that actually the um, Terry Nation who created the Daleks did not want them to interact. And that was one of the reasons that they had not. But, but for whatever reason, they were able to do it. And it was, I agree, hysterically funny. 
<laughs> as scripted, yeah, and performed. So, yeah, I definitely thought it was interesting just to go back to the Dal- the uh, Cybermen offering to bargain with the Daleks. We see later on in the episode where the Doctor <laughs> kind of bargains with them for a moment. So, um, I, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty pretty interesting how they tied that together. So, Clarence, what did you think about the Genesis arc? The thing that the cult of Scaro, these four Daleks unveil as having something in it and then we find out it has yeah. millions of Daleks. What were your thoughts on that as a plot device or, or the thing itself? Uh, I thought it was very interesting though the name was a little on the nose because uh, <laughs> you knew something in mass numbers had to be in there and of course if you're familiar with the story of Noah uh, you kind of know it's probably containing a lot of something. <laughs> or at least <laughs> but, two. Right. Yeah at least two anyway. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I thought that was very um interesting. Uh you know, again playing uh this whole Time Lord technology thing on it. But it's a prison. We found out it's a prison, which um I thought it was interesting how I guess what the Time Lords made as a prison wound up being a a saving point for the Dalek race later on once everything is destroyed. So I, I like how that played. I thought it was pretty interesting. Very interesting. Con- contingency plan. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I agree. I, I thought that was very interesting. I I I like the visual of them flying out of the, you know, um, you know, fly, well, just flying out as many of them as, as there were. Yeah, that was cool. Very very cool. So um, I want to change away from the bad guys for a second and and transition to a scene of two characters that we've seen together are two actors that we've seen together multiple times and over the course of these two series, but never in a sense of these two characters as they are mm. together, which are Pete and Jackie. Pete's world, Pete, regular world, Jackie. Yeah, Sean and Camilla. Yes. So thoughts on their meeting for the First time, so to speak. Well, I, I love the scene and I love where it goes. And like I said, I love Mickey uh, suppressing a snicker when she says there's never been anybody but Pete uh, for her. Um, it, it, there's just so much. It, it's just an irresistible scene. I mean, if you've been following the series at all, you've been thinking about, well, now this world's Jackie has lost her Pete and this world's Pete has lost her his Jackie. Hmm. You know? But they're in the middle of a crisis, and they stopped to sort out this situation for a long time. Yeah, they did. In the middle of this, and it's just funny to me how false that rings. I, I, I just, it's like you, you want to shout at them. You know, the building's on fire, right? <laughs> but you know, if I was in their situation, I don't know if I wouldn't do the same thing. But, um, but it, 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 it is a wonderfully scripted scene, and the way that those two performers play it is just uh, terrific. Uh, so I so I loved it, even though I do question the logic of it a little bit. Okay, what about you, Clarence? Well, it's fantastic how both of them think you know that's not their partner, which is not, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to kind of come to terms with that. Uh, the doctor makes the statement, uh, "Pete Tyler, I knew you were when you were dead." <laughs> and then he says, "Your wife died, her husband died. Good match." And he's almost right. <laughs> you know, definitely personalities change and it plays a big difference. And like you said, Lee, they played up that are you rich joke a couple of times. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, the <laughs> building is burning right now. It's falling yeah. down here. 
You're concerned about his money? Okay. Yeah. Hug it out. Not going to do you any good. <laughs> okay, so here's me. <laughs> and I guess that Kyle is just freaking oblivious to stuff because I didn't even care watching this that the building was burning down. I just was like, okay, you know, are they going to get together? Oh, yeah, they are. Okay, this is cool. And Of course and, they are. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> But, but, but that whole scene was, 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 was sad the first time I watched it. Now, yeah. this, this time it wasn't because I, I guess I've seen it so many times, but the first time I watched it, I found it very, very sad. Funny with how much I don't care about that, how very and how much money does he have. But I just saw the other Jackie as such a witch for last, last, you know, for lack of a better word. I saw the other Pete as, Somebody that had so many missed opportunities that things didn't go right for. And this was a Jackie who learned to see the, to, to accept people as they are and to see the best in people, maybe because he died. And she yeah. saw that maybe she was a little bit shallow to him to some degree. So she matured in that he had matured or he had survived oh. and, and they just came together, which I thought was very, poetic and yeah nice totally yeah. you're not supposed to care about the fact that the circumstances make their standing there having this conversation unlikely it's yeah we're supposed to, to care so much about them that we don't care about that and, and so, <laughs> so all that means is that it worked for you the way it's supposed to okay cool yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you for no. saying that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool I, I think when i saw this the first time I did. I wasn't thinking about that in story terms because I was still so freaking proud of myself for having figured out what was in the Genesis arc about a minute before we saw it. <laughs> I was so busy patting myself on the back, <laughs> saying it's it's Time Lord Science. It's bigger on the inside. Oh my God! It's gonna it's gonna have a million dollars in it. I <laughs> I was so so proud. <laughs> and you know, I just noticed this with us talking right now. But it seems like at the very beginning, they said in the first episode with, you know, Rose and the doctor, you know, my people died and there was a war and I'm the only one that's left. And throughout the course of the story, they are slowly undoing that little by little by little by little until something episode in the future. So. You know, are, am I right in that, that they were just slowly undoing everything? I think so. Yeah. And and I love how, you know, Rose mentions that she destroyed all the Daleks, which these one these that we see in this story, the um, the color scarrow, I guess they were protected by this void that they were in. Right. So I, I, I love the story justification of how they brought them back in this episode, though, you know, who knows what they do in the future. But I thought it was a really good story idea how they brought them back for this episode. And oh, there was one statement with five million Cybermen, four Daleks, and one Doctor, which I just thought was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what did we think of the goggles? Let's go back to the goggles for a minute. You know, we see, we've seen the happy reunion with the Tylers, and we've seen Mickey stand up and, you know, be Mickey Smith and be his own man. And we now see the doctor come to reveal what's, you know, he can see in the glasses. And he reveals, of course, the perfect plot twist that, you, you know, traveling from universe to universe is destroying the universes. You can't do it anymore. 
and he devises a way to clean everything up. What do we think of that? Lee, how about you? What do you Silence think? falls again. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was brilliant because it it makes it makes the the Rose's choice to go with her family or stay with the doctor. It it puts it on an operatic scale. Yeah. It's not just it's not just turning around and leaving home, you know, and driving away. This this means that they're that she's leaving her family forever to be with him. And there's no way to, you know, it's that ordinary people don't have to face something like that. Um, but Rose does. And that's what makes this uh, extraordinary. And, and I think brilliant. OK, Clarence, what about you? Yeah, echo everything Lee said. It was it was pretty much just an impossible decision, an impossible decision. And of course, we know which direction Rose is going to lean and also kind of the back and forth of the doctor trying to make her go and, and how they eventually got her to go. But she, of course, comes right back. Um, I just thought that was brilliant and how that all played into the time of the, the, the idea of the void and things like that. I do think the lever was the cheesiest thing in this episode. <laughs> the big honking lever. Right. Yes. That's true. It, it, uh, it works for this episode, but it, it is it, it it was very cheesy. Very cheesy. It, it is. I, I can I can only imagine that in design they said, you know, one thing in this episode needs to be unambiguous. It needs to be completely <laughs> clear. You know, when it's over here, the breach is open. When it's over here, the breach is closed. That's just, you know. It's a big yeah. lever. Exactly. And also, in that final scene where she has to push the lever back forward, but the void is pulling her back, I'm like, how is she doing that? But whatever. <laughs> Can I explain that? Can I explain that? <laughs> Go for it. She used the force. Yeah, <laughs> she she did like Leia. She sure. uh she she used the force and floated. She she Mary Poppins did that. Was she there did. you go. Yes. She missied it. Yeah, boom. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So when when I watched it originally, I thought exactly what you guys just said. But this time watching it, maybe I was being a bit cynical. But I was for some quick moment, I was seeing it through. Rose's eyes. I've told this person that I am staying forever. You know, I am traveling with you forever. I've seen your face change. I know you're an alien, but I am choosing you over my family. And you're creating all of a sudden this, um, not program, but this, um, this idea or what you're going to do. And that involves sending me away. So, you're sending me a, you know, I kind of just felt her pain for a second that she's kind of being sent away to some degree until she yeah. makes that decision. I'm staying. Well, and you remember the end of the previous season, she's already done this once. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I forgot really, about that. Yeah. Very, she made her decision a long time ago. Very, very true. Very true. I had forgot about that. So we see, you know, we're talking about the lever, you know, it, it, they do, and all the things start getting pulled back in. And, of course, you see that moment of, oh, you know, is she going to fall? Is she going to fall? Here's a question for you guys, and maybe this is suspending belief. If there is so much energy or pull, why isn't Pete 
pulled in. <laughs> Another good point. <laughs> I actually just watched it again while we were talking, and uh, yeah, he 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 appears, he plants his feet, he catches her, and then he disappears. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm. yeah. And, and again, and it's like you know them having the the long uh, romantic conversation while the while the Cybermen are coming after them. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and I don't. Care. <laughs> Yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I read online this afternoon why they did that, and and it makes it make a lot more sense as to why they did that. They wanted to establish that Pete had accepted her as his daughter, yeah. and, and that was why they chose to have him as maybe instead of Mickey or having the doctor send her back or whatever the case may be of having him appear is he accepted her as his daughter. Well, well, he makes a statement that um, that's not my daughter as soon as Rose goes back. And he also pr- forbids uh, Jack and both Mickey from going back. So if anybody was going to go, it was probably going to be him. Uh, as, far, as far as him standing in front of the, the void or the pit, the hell or whatever they called it, they could have they could have done a few things to make it a little bit more believable, like maybe had him running in one direction when he came through and kind of mm-hmm. grabbed her and went back or even put him closer to her or a, a second of vulnerability when you transport. I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. I, but, but I guess they wanted to create that whole, oh, that she's being sucked into the void kind of thing. Yes. It's heartbreaking, man. It's really yeah. heartbreaking. And then his appearance at the literal last instant is, I think, is thrilling. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, don't quibble about the physics too much. It's the shot at the buzzer. Right. So what about the scene after she appears on the other side and they're at the wall? What what, what did you guys think about the scene of what I call the wall scene? So where, where she is, uh, we get uh, one shot of him looking um, camera left. And touching the wall, and then a matching shot of her looking camera right, touching yeah. the wall. His is bright on his side, and hers is dark. I noticed this time. Yeah, I, I, it's one of the things I remember most uh, vividly about seeing this the first time is what a what a powerful visual that is. Because we know they're they're not just literally on the opposite sides of a wall; they're a universe away. Yeah. Oof. But that's not how it feels to them in that instant. And it was for all intents and purposes. Uh-huh. But it was interesting. And I guess it goes back to the bond the two of them had. They just happened to be touching the wall at the same time, uh-huh. which I thought was, you know, really, really um, touching. So we're almost to the end and we get to that final scene where Rose is woken awoken by the voice of the doctor calling and she's telling this story and she's telling it. I'm thinking months, maybe I wouldn't say years, but I would say at least a year, maybe uh, six months to a year since, you know, the end of the episode or end of that story. Mm. And you hear the doctor calling and there, there's this whole montage of them getting up, packing up, driving, and they're following this voice and they're on this beach, Bad Wolf Bay, as it's called. Hmm. Yeah. Thoughts. What's, what were your thoughts of the whole scene on the beach? I love you. It's quite right. 
man, I suppose. <laughs> it's my last chance to say it. Rose Tyler. Obviously very sad, very heartbreaking. Uh, I, I do think they tried to give us a little bit of hope with the fact that Jackie was three months months pregnant. Um, that lifted spirits just just a little bit. But uh, man, when Rose goes to to meet a faded doctor, <laughs> which which um, eventually comes comes to full view. But it's just sad. She can't even touch him. She can't even hold him. She can see him for these last these last few words and it, it's just just very touching and sad man mm-hmm. lee what about you what did you think it's it's one of the iconic scenes of all new who of course and it's um part of the the genius of it is that it's in a place that we have never seen in the series before yeah. so that in itself as a an alienness and then um you know i, I think uh, clarence is exactly right They've they've never needed so much to be in each other's arms, and they can't touch each other. And that's always, you know, it's it's the end of Wrath of Khan. Spoiler, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if, you, if you you can't touch each other, it's just that's, whew, yeah. And you know the whole conversation. Well, the well for starters, knowing that you've got two minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes. and you've only got two minutes and you're on a timer because Clarence, what was I saying the other day? I hate being on a timer, you know, <laughs> and knowing that you're sitting there and you're on a timer. And, you know, me, if that were me, I would be so focused. My brain would be going like, oh, OK, I've only got a minute and 30 seconds. What else do I want to say? Oh, I've got a minute left. Oh, cr-. you know, I would I, I, I could only imagine the angst and the anxiety that someone would be going through at that moment <laughs> yes <laughs> and my wife and i were talking about this the other night we were talking about time management in a larger sense but we were also <laughs> talking about this episode it's like okay you're the smartest man in the universe and you know you've got two minutes and there is something you want to say so you might want to lead with i love you maybe yeah. that want to be one of the first things you say so you know <laughs> But you know, but but, uh, but 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 you know what? Even even being up against that time constraint, um, I think maybe the moral is it doesn't make it in, any easier to say. No, uh-huh. no, it doesn't. Yeah, uh-huh. so it does still ring true. But yes. uh, it is a, it is a it is a Shakespearean bit of of, of agony. He would he was gonna say it. <laughs> no, he was. Oh man. Yeah. So what do you guys see as? The decision to let a companion say, I love you, and then the decision not to let him say that in return. Well, I think that's what's masterful about it is that I don't want the doctor and one of his companions to, you know, profess their love for one another in, 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 in clearly in the way that she means it. And so this gives us that moment of heartbreak, but it also saves us from ever hearing the doctor say this to one of his companions. Uh, otherwise, we, we, we would have a lot of trouble about him moving on. Um, it's funny. We, we were talking about how we, um, when we, we were watching um, um, The Impossible Planet and Satan Pit, and uh, I, I watched just the first part, and you guys went on and watched both of them. Um, this time, I started watching Army of Ghosts, and you know where I stopped? Where? Smith and Jones. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, I, I I got so wrapped up in this that I I watched The Runaway Bride and then I watched Smith and Jones and I was about to watch The Shakespeare Code. So Jeez. I I just got so swept along in this. And by the time we get to Smith and Jones and the doctor says to Martha, you know, her name was Rose and you're not replacing her. She says didn't say wow. I was. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um if he had, if we if we'd heard him say I love you to Rose, I I don't know how we would have negotiated things like that in the future. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it left enough to the imagination to where if you wanted, if you were in camp, I want the doctor and Rose to be an item. Then, yeah. you, then you heard enough to satisfy you. You may have wanted a little bit more, but it, it was enough. If you were in the camp of the doctor should never say this, then the doctor didn't say it. Yeah. You know, oh, that's that's yeah, no, that's very well put. I, I think that's what's brilliant about the way that was handled. Yeah, you, you can choose how you want to how you want to live with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and to me, and, and though we, you know, I, at least I kind of feel there's an obvious mutual love between both of them. I never it never feels like a s- sexual connotation to it to me. And that's kind of strange. Um, I feel like they do truly love each other even beyond what normal friendship love is uh but it never for some reason it never has that i don't know to me it never has that sexual it does have the sexual tension (laughs) i don't know i never feel that sexual drive to it now this is weird i don't know i don't know maybe i'm not making any sense no you are making sense because when you said that i've seen more tension between uh river and the doctor in in that aspect than Rose and the doctor. Hmm. I mean, my goodness, she was much more flirtatious many, many times than, than Rose ever was. And and it may be like Lee said, it maybe she was, she was, I'm not going to say more into him, but <laughs> maybe. Well, but uh, he is, he is an alien when the day is done. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not, and he's not a 19, he's not 19 years old. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he had already gotten to nine. I mean, he was only 900 then. Yeah. It, it's so weird because it is an obvious love between the both of them. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. But placing how that fits it, is, is the struggle I'm having. Yeah. <laughs> love, love be complicated. Yeah. And what's interesting is <laughs> you can write that down. <laughs> you know, now that, 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 that Lee said that, but you've also said what you said, Clarence, we see how complicated that relationship is even after she leaves. I mean, case in point, what Lee mentioned for Smith and Jones. And then when we get into season four or series four, it, it, it comes up again. So, I mean, it, it never throughout the whole, um, through series four, there's just because Rose is gone doesn't mean Rose is gone. Yeah. That's it. She's not dead. Right. And that actually comes up in the Runaway Bride because um, he refers to her as being gone, and Donna ins- uh, insists on knowing what what he means by that. Um, yeah. So, so let me ask you this, and I mean, I'll go ahead and you know, anybody listening to this knows I have no problem saying this. <laughs> First time I watched this, I cried like a baby. But yeah. interestingly enough, and again, maybe it's because I've seen it bazillion times, but I watched this and didn't get emotional at all. Um, watching it again this time. And I'm curious for the two of you, either the first time or this time or at any point of time, did you get the man tears or a little hmm. bit of the man tears? Um, 
I don't think I've ever cried at a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> uh, may, may, maybe, I, you know, you can feel the emotions coming, but I don't think I've ever just bawled over yeah. one. Mm, what yeah. about you, Lee? Well, I'm much more of a crier. And <laughs> and, and, um, and I, I perform wedding ceremonies, as you may know. And uh, I'm always good until either the bride or the groom start to tear up. It's usually her. Oh, yeah. And once she gets going. Transference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just have to not look at her and start biting my, you know, oh, I, get very, I get very focused on the groom now. I just, I'm talking to him now, you know, because, uh, I, you know, uh, I will just, I'll just turn into a mess. And uh, I'm the same way with characters that I've, uh, uh, imprinted on or, you know, or involved with, uh, in a fictional narrative like this. So every time that I've watched that, that scene at, uh, in uh, the Bay in Norway, I'm okay until Rose starts crying. Oh man. And that yeah. sets me off. So now I will tell I will say this. It almost did get me the, 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 the thing that, that really got me the first time was the scene of her running to her mother. That, that, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And Jackie's there for her. All right. So before we close, I want to mention just one thing that I think is iconic in regards to Doctor Who in this episode that a lot of people never mention, which is, not only are we saying goodbye to the companion, but this is the first time really in Doctor Who history that we're saying goodbye to the companion and her extended cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but we're seeing a lot of goodbyes. Mickey, Pete, Jackie, you know, all of them are going away along with Rose. Well, curiously, and I was just thinking about this, that means that Mickey is still in our world. Mm, what do you mean? Right? No, Mickey is standing on the beach with them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, uh, get, yeah, because I do remember thinking, uh, Mickey must be thinking, wow, maybe I finally have a chance with her. You know, not obviously, <laughs> uh, this would not be the time. But, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mickey is in, is in Pete's world. Yes. Uh, and this episode names it Pete's world, too. Yeah. Didn't you watch a, an episode? Didn't you say you had watched uh, Smith and Jones? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Interesting. Spoilers. Um, right. <laughs> exactly. So... Um, I have to make mention, uh, let's get back into the TARDIS after the doctor, um, uh, you know, doesn't say what he says and he turns around and there's who was referred to in this episode as the bride, the bride. Yeah. Which to me is always Elsa Lanchester, um, <laughs> the bride of Frankenstein, but yeah. And this can't possibly have had the, the, the same impact, uh, for us as Americans as it did for the UK audience, because I didn't know who she was. I've seen the Catherine Tate show since then, but you know, for, for people who, who have known her for years, when that, when that veiled woman turns around and it's at Catherine Tate, <laughs> that, that would have to have been like, like as, as the doctor says, what? Yeah. I mean, for us, it would be like if, if she turned around and it was Carol Burnett or, you know, <laughs> I just, wait, what? So, well, I, that makes I, no sense. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the runaway bride because I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I did not like Donna in this first episode and I haven't seen the runaway bride in probably since 2009, 2010. Yeah. Can't wait to see it again simply because I freaking love Donna Noble. And right. I mean, I, I always like going around saying Donna Noble has left the library. Donna Noble has been <laughs> saved. And I love Donna and I can't wait to see the runaway bride. Yeah. I think you're going to enjoy it. I mean, 
So, guys, why don't we, if it's cool with you guys, just give a, an overall rating. And I'm going to start it out. I'm going to give this a five out of five, hands down. I loved these two episodes originally, and I enjoyed watching them again. And I have freaking enjoyed this uh, entire recording. So five out of five, strong five out of five. So, Clarence, what say you? I'm burning up a sun just to say goodbye. <laughs> and also, love be complicated. Five out of five. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> Mr. Shackelford. <laughs> you can't top that. Yeah, I've also got to get it five out of five. And you know, we didn't talk about Yvonne at all. And uh, so I'd just like to do a quick shout out about her. I really love that character. And I love that she was a woman of such strength of will that she could even overcome the cyber programming to come back and, 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 and uh, have some revenge. I did my duty. Her loves. Uh, So that's part of my five. Was was that due to her psychic training at Torchwood or? I I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that, that makes good sense. Yeah. If, if, if Raj can see through psychic paper, yeah, she, you you can't, you can't, uh, you can't upgrade somebody whose mind has been, that disciplined. Yeah. yeah. Her her love for queen and country be complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and finally, I do a joke that you guys laugh at. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, we have to we have to steal off a of Sinbad, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, as long as it works, right? That's right. All right. Great, so, great artist steal. There you go. So, guys, uh, let's do our closing. So, why don't we go around? The table, and since I've been, uh, the last time I started with Clarence Lee, I'll start with you. So if anybody wanted to see other things that you might be working on, what, where might they go? I will always point people towards uh, relativitypodcast.com where things are a little quiet at the moment. Uh, although people are still downloading episodes. God knows why. Nice. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch that hit counter keep going. So, yeah, RelativityPodcast.com, or if you're just curious, ShackelfordFreelance.com about all the other stuff that I do. So that's me. What about you, Clarence? Yeah, if you want to see me and Cal on camera talking about various things around the net, mostly comic book and movie related, uh, as well as some Doctor Who stuff is on there as well, check out our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash Discussing Network. Cool beans. And also, please subscribe. Absolutely. And the other thing, if you want to check out some other audio that we are working on, you can go to discussingnetwork.com and it will check out or you will take you so that you can check out all of our podcasts. So, um, gentlemen, this has been a fantastically fun episode to do i missed being on last week i'm glad we did it this week and i can't wait for the runaway bride so for anyone listening you know please subscribe to the show and we will be back next time you've been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com 
Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.